Hi everybody and welcome to episode 7 of Episodes. Today's episode is from Camille's perspective and is titled, What You Gonna Do Ike? Beat Me? So in her last episode, which was episode 3, Camille goes to her dreadful job with her dreadful boss Andrea at Brock Pharmaceuticals and finds out she's been passed over for yet another promotion. And then later on that day, we meet Camille's daughters Tiana and Maya and her stepson Stevie whom she just doesn't quite like. Finally, we briefly meet Phil, Camille's husband. He knows she wants to quit her job, but he reminds her they can't afford for her to do that right now. So that's where her storyline left off, and here we go. Episode seven, Camille. What you gonna do, White? Beat me? Did you tell Stevie to shut up? Phil asks. What? I say. Did you tell Stevie to shut up the other day? I lean forward in the mirror so as not to smudge my eyeliner as I apply it. Phil finishes toweling himself off, drops the towel into the tub, and pulls on boxer shorts and a t-shirt. Can you put the towel on the hook behind the door instead of leaving it there, I say? And maybe put some lotion on your ass, yes, I say to myself. Out loud, I go on. I'm sure you'll remember those towels cost $50 each. Stupid ass Ralph Lauren towels. Phil had insisted, of course. And where do we get them? Saks. Yes, Saks. Not Macy's. And God forbid we go to Target. I'll do it in a minute, says Phil. It'll mildew in that time, honey, I try in my sweetest voice. It'll be fine, says Phil. Fine, whatever, I say, because what I know is that towel is going to be sitting right there when he leaves. And this, by the way, is the stuff that ends marriages. Not infidelity, not even domestic violence, not even being the neighborhood drug kingpin. My ex-husband was indeed just that, still is over on the south side of Atlanta, and while the kingpinning bothered me a great deal, it was a fact that he wouldn't cover up food before putting it in the refrigerator, and that he half-assed swept everything, always leaving at least half of what was supposed to go into the dustpan on the floor, that finally made me leave. It's been a year and four months being married to Phil, and I'm gonna be honest, the wedding has been the easiest part of all this, and that shit was a lot. What with his trifling hoe-ass baby mama Cindy trying to fuck up my shit. But anyway, I'm gonna ask you one more time. Phil says, did you or did you not tell Stevie to shut up, Camille? And just what the fuck will you do after one more time, Ike? Beat me? Pistol whip me? If this man don't stop bothering me with this bullshit first thing in the morning, one coat, two coats, three coats of mascara over my mink eyelashes. No, I say out loud finally. I mean, I don't think I did. Well, that's not what he said. 
Phil's looking at me in the mirror, even though we're standing side by side. So I stopped myself from rolling my eyes. Can we discuss this later? I say, I am already late and I have these numbers I have to get to Andrea so that Peter and advertising can work on the administrative leave brochure. Plus, I couldn't give two shits about this, but I'm such a nice person that I don't say that part out loud. It's not a discussion, says Phil. It's a simple question. Did you or did you not tell Stevie to shut up? I take off my scarf and gently comb my wrapped hair into its cheek length bob. I am loving this platinum color. I don't usually let it grow out this long, but Patty, my stylist of 10 years, finally talked me into it. I don't know, Phil, I finally answer. Why? Did he tell on me or something with his seven-year-old bitch ass? But again, I'm such a nice person that I don't have that part out loud. No, Camille, he didn't, Phil replies. His eyes haven't left mine in the mirror. He rolls on some deodorant. He was telling me how his class had discussed the term as a bad word and that he told you it was a bad word when you said it to him on the way home. So, uh, he's still looking at me. I I don't know, Phil. Maybe I did, I say. Why is Stevie such a fucking tattletale? I'm from the school of snitches get stitches, but then that's that soft-ass... Talk about your feelings bullshit Phil does with him. You would never let me tell your girls to shut up. Ever. Says Phil. And this is true. But that's just not how you are, babe. I say. Look, man. Says Phil. The bottom line is, I don't do the girls the same way you do Stevie. I see how their father isn't really there for them. So I've tried to... Don't you bring Larry into this? I interrupt. Not bringing Larry into this, Camille. I'm just making a point that, a point that what? That you're such a better person than me because you never say anything about Larry and I'm oh so terrible because I tell the truth when I have to say something about Cindy's hoe ass. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. When I bring up Larry, I don't refer to him negatively, but you, you always got your slick comments or faces you make when you talk about Cindy. I don't make faces, I say. Making faces is passive aggressive. You think, says Phil, I don't make faces, I say, because I don't have to. I'll come out and say exactly what I think about that trifling hoe. Phil can barely contain himself. He slams the bathroom door behind him. Don't get mad at the truth, I shout after him. He bursts back in. You wrong, he says, darting his index finger in my direction. His voice is almost choked which means he's furious. The quieter he gets, the madder he is. You wrong is all get out, Camille, he says. Oh, I say, setting down the curling iron and facing him. Since he's so goddamn determined to have a discussion first thing in the morning during the week when he knows good and damn well I have to get these numbers to Andrea and drop off the kids. Okay then, Phil. Well then, let's talk about Cindy. Look, man. Phil takes a deep breath. I'm not trying to talk about either one of them. We both know they're wrong. Larry may not spend time with the girls like he should, but at least he didn't move across the country like Cindy's hoe ass. So don't you bring Larry into this, I say. 
Why are you always protecting him? This nigga ran you into the ground, Camille. This nigga stole all your money from you and never sees his children, but you always lightweight taken up for him. He paid me back all that money and then some, okay? I say, he paid me back and then some, okay? Okay? Look. Phil shakes his head as if to clear it. I don't even know how we got on this. I do, I say. But the bottom line is, Phil goes on, there are children's parents, Camille. Come on, man, let's, let's not. We got on this, I interrupt, because you called yourself calling me out on some bullshit about Stevie, and then you said something about Larry. I didn't say anything bad about Larry, Phil yells. I just said, which of course, I return, inspired me to say something about that trifling ass hoe who is Stevie's mother. I brushed past him into the bedroom. You know what, Camille? You know what? Phil follows me inside. What, Phil? I yank off my robe and step into my purple knee-length dress. I don't have to turn around to know that Phil isn't answering because he's too busy staring at me in my brawn panties. And unlike him, I take the time to put on some lotion. So I know I look moist and tasty. And no matter how mad he gets with me, he always has to look when I'm scantily clad. But when I turn around, he isn't looking at me. He's sitting on the bed, his hands folded, staring straight ahead. You got one more time to say something funny to my son, he says very quietly. Or what, Phil, I say. Why? Because I am not the one, honey, okay? Phil stands. You got one more time to say something funny to my son. His voice is super quiet now. I give you a lot of leeway, Camille. I let you run shit the way you like to run it. Don't fuck with my child. <gasps> Did he just curse at me? And don't think I don't notice you've been smoking again. He goes on. What? I stutter. Oh, you think I don't notice you suddenly smell like a chimney all the goddamn time now? Why, why are you cursing at me, Phil? And now you want to start crying? Jesus. Jesus, Camille. You think I smoke because I want to? Because I feel oh so good inside all the time now? Phil exhales a huge hissing sound and reaches for his suit jacket. How come you can say everything you want to say and I'm just supposed to take it? But once I say one thing to you, you burst into tears. You think I don't notice Larry doesn't come around, I cry. You think I don't notice that this fool lives just on the other side of town but doesn't lift a finger to come to their recitals and games? You think I don't notice how the nuns look at me when I'm late picking up the girls and Stevie because I'm doing everything I can to hold on to this stupid ass piece of job so they can stay at their school and we can stay in this house? I am stressed, Phil. I am stressed the fuck out. Everybody stress the fuck out. Phil shouts. You better stop shouting at me, I say. You don't shout at somebody when they're crying. Phil glares at me as he jerks his jacket on. Look, man, he says. All I've been trying to say all this time is this. Just like your daughters are your world, my son is mine. And you got me fucked up 
if you think I'm going to have him talk to any kind of way, especially after all he's been through with his mother. Don't you bring Cindy up anymore in a disrespectful manner because he can't help how his mother is. You of all people should understand that. I gasp. And before you even ask, he says, striding past me to open the bedroom door. The answer is yes, I went there. And with that, Phil slams the door, leaving me with my half-curled hair and now ruined mascara and his mildewing $50 Ralph Lauren towel still in the tub. I have to smoke a cigarette before I go into that prison complex that is my job to calm my nerves. It's going to make me late. Andrew's going to be on my ass about those damn short-term disability numbers since the meeting with Bruce and policy and benefits is today. I was supposed to have them to her two days ago, but I got called in to sit in on not one, but two more meetings with annoying ass Carla and benefits about the leave and vacation policies. And her face just irritates me. It's not her whole face, it's just her eyebrows. She lets them get so unruly. All the while she's talking, I'm itching to pull out my tweezers. I gaze at the building. It really does look like a prison. Tall and some undistinguished grayish, brownish, greenish shit color with a bunch of unhappy people inside dying to get out. I'm not exaggerating. People are dying in there. I know I am. I need to talk to somebody. I stub up my cigarette, careful not to get any ash on the seats or on my dress. And I reach for a donut. I stopped at Krispy Kreme after I dropped off the kids and got myself a dozen. An early present to myself for getting through this already terrible day. Plus, I have to cover up my smoke breath. I need to talk to somebody who will understand. Sylvie, she'll understand about the job stuff, but she's too sympathetic to Phil. She won't say it to me. But I know she thinks Phil is too good for me. Like he puts up with too much for me. But that's because Sylvie has no standards whatsoever. And if I told her what he said about my mama to show that yes... Even Phil can be an asshole. She'll get into her own feelings about my mama. And next thing you know, we'll be all off topic talking about that and then arguing about it. And then I'm going to say something real fucked up and we won't speak for the next couple of days. Sabrina will say fuck them and quit and start my own business doing something. Ever since she made partner, she's on this entrepreneurial bullshit for everyone else. But I can't do that. I hate the house in the fancy white-ass neighborhood right about now, but it's mine, and I won't take the chance of possibly uprooting the girls yet again to start a business doing what exactly. And I couldn't give two shits about that private school, but Jamie's friend, who does minority outreach there, was able to get us heavily discounted scholarships, and the girls really like it there. Stevie likes it too. I grit my teeth, Stevie up here telling on people, so what if I told him to shut up? I hadn't meant it in a hateful way. I told the girls to shut up too if they're getting on my nerves. You got one more time to say something funny to my son. Fuck you, Phil. And what he said about my mama? Really, Phil? Double fuck you. But more important, I don't want to start a business. Starting a business is work. Real fucking work. And quite frankly, I don't want to work that hard. So I'll call Jamie. 
Jamie is reasonable and sweet and will listen without judgment and let me cry. Why can't Phil be more like her husband? Tim is so reliable. Not that Phil isn't. He is super reliable when he's not being an asshole. But I mean that Tim wants to serve and protect Jamie and wait on her hand and foot. He insisted on buying her that house in Candler Park, unlike Phil's ass, who has a bankruptcy that won't go off his credit report for another two years. So everything had to be in my name. Yet we had to get the house that he wanted because it had always been his Oreo-ass dream, his one dream, to be the lone black family in a white subdivision. That is Phil's big dream in life. That's not how he'd put it, of course. He'd say something about always having craved stability after growing up poor as shit in Chicago with no father. But that's really all it is. I sigh, pull my phone out of my purse. Three missed calls. How do I have three missed calls already and it's just 8.33 in the morning? One from Phil. Not trying to make up just yet. He shouldn't have said that shit about my mama. Two from Andrea. Hell no. Fuck no. As a matter of fact, fuck her and Phil. Miraculously, when I dial Jamie, she picks up. My next class is coming in 10 minutes. She says hurriedly. This is often the case when I call her during the day. She's in a rush. Okay, I say, dragging out the word in pitiful fashion. You okay? Jamie asks. I sigh loudly to indicate no. Aw, sweetie pie. I can't keep from sniffling, hearing her sympathetic tone. What's wrong, honey? What happened? Girl, everything. Phil's being an asshole. My job is a mess. I peer into my rearview mirror to dab at my face, careful not to smudge my makeup. How is Phil being an asshole? Saying stuff to me about my mama, about how I'm not being nice to Stevie. Well, are you being nice to Stevie? Jamie asks. Of course I am, I say. I hope I don't regret calling her. Okay, I believe you, Jamie says, although she sounds the tiniest bit doubtful. Well, what did Phil say about your mother? He knows you're sensitive about her. I know, that's why he is so fucked up. Everybody thinks he's so goddamn perfect, but he's not. He is really not. I sniffle again. And right now, girl, I don't know. I just, I don't know. You don't know what? Jamie asks. I hear a school bell ring in the background. I don't know if I want to be with him anymore, I say. Camille, stop. I didn't leave one fucked up situation just to get into another one where someone talks to me any old kind of way. I dab at my eyes again. Maybe Phil's still too young. Phil is 33, six to seven years younger than me, depending on the time of year. He's not too young, sweetie says Jamie. He's great with the girls and Stevie. That's what you want is real maturity, Camille. Well, with Larry, at least I didn't have to worry about wet towels mildewing all over the goddamn place. No, says Jamie, because you had to worry about Larry accidentally sending Tiana to daycare with a dime bag in her baby bag. Well, I can't say anything to that, 
because that's true. So I just sniff expressively. Did you say anything to him to make him upset like that? Jamie asks. Not that you can make anybody do anything, she amends quickly. But what was said before he said whatever about your mom? Nothing, I say with no hesitation. Nothing, Jamie repeats skeptically. Nope, I say. So he just came out of the blue talking shit about your family? I mean, I may have said something about Cindy's irresponsible hoe ass, but Camille... Another bell rings. Shit, my kid's about to come in, girl, says Jamie. Okay, I say, I'm just, I don't know, girl. Right now, I just, I don't know about anything. I'm going to have to call you back, but I definitely will as soon as I can, okay? Jamie's voice is raised and earnest over the hubbub of high schoolers shuffling into her classroom. I sigh. <sighs> okay, girl. And no more talk about leaving Phil. You all just had an argument, okay? Whatever, I say. And it may have been a bad one, but no one's going anywhere. Understand? Yes, I say grudgingly. But I know she's right. Her common sense is why I called her. We hang up and I stare at the building for another full five minutes. A text message pops up. Andrea, where are you? Question mark, 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 question mark. Must she use all those question marks? Really? Just for that, I take another five minutes and I eat another donut and then against my better judgment, but just to delay walking into the building, I call Sabrina's militant ass. I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. She begins, you walk up in there and you tell those Brock pharmaceutical fuckers and Andrea to kiss your glorious big ass titties and your glorious fat ass. And then you tell them to go fuck themselves and then you get your shit and then you walk the fuck out and find something else. Sabrina's matter of fact tone makes me giggle. Just tell them all to fuck off. And Phil can fuck off, too, up here trying to break bad on you. Who the fuck does he think he is? I know, girl, I say. Although, Sabrina pauses. We both know you said some really foul shit that pushed him over the edge and that you shouldn't have told Stevie to shut up because you'd go ham if he ever even looked like he wanted to say that to Maya or Tiana. I plead the fifth, I say. So, basically, this whole thing with him is probably 99% your fault. But still, fuck that nigga girl. I am totally innocent, I enjoin. Sabrina laughs. He's already called you trying to make up, hasn't he? I mean, just the one time, I say. Camille, stop. Phil is a real one, and he's a good one too, and you're tripping right now. And don't tell Stevie to shut up anymore, Miss Ma'am. Do I have to apologize? I say grudgingly. Girl, just go home tonight, fix him some food, and give him some head. He'll get the picture. I consider as I glance at the box of donuts. I shouldn't eat another one. He ain't getting no head on a weeknight, especially if I cook. Camille, Sabrina sings songs. I'll be too tired, I say. Camille, 
Sabrina says again, okay, okay, I say. And Andrea calls again. I sigh. I cannot put off going into this hellhole anymore, girl. I gotta go. Don't go in, says Sabrina. Find something else. I stare at that building some more. Do you know this building is literally the color of shit, I say? Not regular old brown shit, but the infant kind, when they've eaten something they can't digest. Brown with green mixed in. Okay, says Sabrina. Talk of bodily fluids is where I draw the line and I have to get to a deposition. Okay, girl. But seriously, fuck all those bitches at your job, Camille, she says. Okay, I say. You're saying okay, but you're not going to do anything about it, says Sabrina. It's not that easy, I say. I'm almost vested here, and it could take months for me to find something new. Remember the last time I quit? Oh, I remember the last time you quit, she says. I think everybody remembers all the times your ass has quit a job. I don't mean how I cursed out my boss or the one before that. I mean how it took me three months to find something else, I say. Well, just dip a little into your six-month emergency fund if you have to, says Sabrina. That's what it's there for, because this has become an emergency that you need to handle, Camille. We don't have a six-month emergency fund anymore, I say. What I don't say is that we never had a six-month emergency fund. Well, how many months do you have? Sabrina asks. And now I'm stressed, so I grab another donut. Take a generous bite. I don't know, I say around it. Maybe two at this point? More like two weeks, but that ain't her business. Oh my God, Sabrina murmurs. That's it? Really? Yes, really, Sabrina, I say. I hold myself back from saying that not everybody makes six figures with no kids in private school and no spouse to consider. Plus, with Phil's bankruptcy, I had to take almost all my money out of my IRA to clear some of my credit card debt so I could get my income to debt ratio together to purchase the house. The house that he wanted oh so badly, all in my name. Got it. Sabrina says, well, look, I'll help you make a plan. Maybe you can't leave Brock today, but you definitely don't have to stay there. Okay, I say. Thanks, girl. I appreciate that. So when do you want to meet? Meet for what? <laughs> uh, To make a plan, Sabrina says. Oh, I say, I don't know. Maybe sometime this weekend, but Saturday's out. Because Maya has violin practice, Tiana has PSAT prep, and Stevie has tracks, so I don't know. Oh, well, what about Sunday? Says Sabrina. Oh, um, we, we're going to church. You're going to church? Sabrina repeats doubtfully. Since when are you going to church? Phil likes for us to go every once in a while, I say. I don't mention that this Sunday's church service will actually take place in my huge finished basement where I'll be praying at the altar of Phil's 70-inch TV screen from the comfort of my couch as I consume a whole season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, 
that I've been recording to binge on all day that day until the season finale that night. And I will not be missing any of it, okay? Because between the misery I will have suffered all week and the misery I know I'll endure the next, I deserve a little rest and relaxation in my life, okay? Well, says Sabrina, you're either going to solve this problem or you're not, Camille. No, I know, girl. I know you're right. And I will solve this problem, I say. And I'll leave it at that. Because I just won't be doing any of that shit this weekend. So what y'all think? Was Camille wrong? Do you feel her? However you feel, please head over to my Facebook group called Episodes Crew, Black Fiction Lovers, Writers, and Other Cool-Ass Folk. Yes, it's a long title, but still. Go over there and share what you think. I'll put the URL and the title in the show notes. I really want to connect with you all, and this is a way for me to be in touch with you. So again, I'll put the URL in the show notes. Also, I have an awesome Real Talk episode about what happens in this episode that's out. So please check that out on the Facebook group page as well. That's a little video I did with several friends. So thank you again. Please leave a review on iTunes and tell somebody about episodes. It does make a difference. And I will see you next week with episode eight, which will be Sabrina's episode. Make sure you sign up for my newsletter. That URL also is in the show notes. And y'all be well. See you next week. Take it away, Arden. If you want more info from my mommy, please visit LeslieClickless.com. Deuces!